Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol. Make sure you check out Elixinol's non-psychoactive CBD products. And when you buy one at Elixinol.com today, 5% of your purchase will go to a nonprofit of your choice. Pretty cool thing. They're going. They have going over there. All right. Well, like I said, welcome into the BSN Broncos podcast. Ryan Konigsberg here, joined by no one. I'm joined by no one today as I'm stuck in Chicago. Zach is back in Denver, and I have the podcast board, so you're stuck with just me today. I know if you don't like that, you can always turn me off, uh, but I'll be rolling with you here, going over a couple big storylines, and then, of course, getting to some of your questions. Maybe we'll revisit um, some of the questions tomorrow so you guys can get Zach's opinion, although I would assume you just want my opinion, too. But, hey, let's get into this thing, uh, and, of course, we'll be back with Zach tomorrow so he can laugh at my stupid jokes and I'll feel better about myself. All right, well, since it's my podcast today, I'm going to talk about my guys. And the first guy, of course, is Kyler Murray. Did you hear the news out of the combine about Kyler Murray? If you haven't, it's basically that Cliff Kingsbury and other Cardinals personnel made it very clear to people out there in Indianapolis that Kyler Murray is the move. Now, I'll be honest, because one side of me wants to take a sip of my tea, tip my cap to everyone, and say, I told you so. I will be honest that a report that strong coming out of Indianapolis so early in the process does set off some of my smokescreen alarms. It's not often that you hear this stuff coming out of the combine, and, and let's be honest, the Cardinals certainly have a vested interest in making people think they're going to take Kyler Murray, specifically one team. And this is where it really relates to the Broncos because that team is the Oakland Raiders. Another team who, from anyone who was out there in Indianapolis, especially if they're a Raiders-specific reporter, they got big-time vibes from John Gruden, from Mike Mayock, that they are... I'll use this word again, enamored with Kyler Murray. So is there a chance that 
the Cardinals are playing up the love for Kyler Murray to potentially um, coax the Raiders into having to trade up to number one to get him? Absolutely. That is certainly a potential scenario here, and it would make a lot of sense um, because, of course, they originally came out when all that buzz you know, was floating around and said, Josh Rosen is our quarterback. Um, and, you know, the team account tweeted out like a quote with it and a picture of Josh Rosen and everything. There is a chance that they later sat down and said, well, why would we do this? Why would we admit right away uh, that we're not going to draft Kyler Murray and devalue that pick? So maybe they regrouped and said, all right, let's do something a little different at the combine. And they honestly could have even included Josh Rosen in these talks just so he didn't get you know, didn't feel slighted by some of the comments because, of course, we talked about last week the Josh Rosen is our quarterback right now for sure comment. That, I mean, that thing blew up the combine because everyone knew what right now for sure meant. It meant potentially not in a month or two. And so it's possible that they sat down and said, hey, let's play this thing a lot more coy at the combine make people think that we're going to take uh kyler murray and then we know the raiders love him we can say you know what you know in talking with the raiders we still do believe in josh rosen but we want kyler murray so if you guys make us an offer we can't refuse we could potentially move on or move on from the idea of drafting kyler murray give you guys number one We'll move back to number four uh, and take a defensive player and improve our roster a little bit more. That's a possibility. I personally think that they've been realizing what Zach and I have been saying for, for months now. If you're the Arizona Cardinals and you have a chance to get Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury together with Kyler Murray, who Cliff Kingsbury, before he was in here and before any smoke screens mattered, he you know professed his love for Kyler Murray, essentially. And if you think that Cliff Kingsbury can run his offense at its highest degree with a quarterback like Kyler Murray, uh, a higher degree than you could with Josh Rosen, then it's a move you have to make. Uh, You you, you don't have a choice. You have to empower your brand-new head coach with the pick that you have. You have a chance to get him his dream quarterback. If that's the case, you have to do it. And... If that's where they are, then Kyler Murray will be the number one overall pick, uh, as I insinuated long ago. If not, well, then I think they're going to trade the pick to the Raiders, and he's still going to be the number one pick. Someone's going to pick Kyler Murray number one overall because of what he can be, and the Raiders are not going to let him go by. They are also uh, seeing what I'm seeing, and, and probably Cliff Kingsbury, and a lot of people around the NFL are seeing this guy is not. This guy would be a first-round quarterback if he had the legs of Dwayne Haskins. He is not a running quarterback. He is a fantastic quarterback who also happens to have Mike Vick-esque speed. Now he didn't test at the combine, and as I said before, I wasn't going to be in love with that. Uh, you know, it's a little bit of a bummer that he didn't go out there and say, "I'll I'll do anything, anywhere, anytime" because I'm a competitor and that's what I do. That would have been great. He also didn't have to, and and as we've you know um, guessed from the second that he declared for the NFL draft, we kind of knew that he had a first round promise from someone. Now, I would assume that first round promise 
was from the Raiders. And so he said, okay, well, the worst I can do is four. Then I think the Cardinals have started to come around a bit more on the idea of pairing him with Kingsbury. Regardless, they're seeing that this guy is not only special with his legs, but he's extremely special with his arm. And, and you put those two things together, and you're going to have a really scary prospect. And that brings us to the Raiders, and that brings us to the next guy I want to talk about who isn't, isn't quite as much my guy, but he's a guy that I've said the Broncos should be interested in. And that's Antonio Brown. Now, I have a confession to make, which is that the more he has <laughs> run his mouth, the less excited I've been about Antonio Brown. He seems to be going further down the rabbit hole uh, rather than kind of, you know, taking his stance, saying he's not going to get pushed around by the Steelers or whatever it may be that he wants out and he needs a fresh start. It, when we were there, I was thinking, okay, you give Antonio Brown a fresh start. You pair him with a big-armed quarterback like Joe Flacco, who's going to want to rely on him. It'll be the best wide receiver he's ever thrown to. And you can make Antonio Brown happy. Man, the more and more he talks, the more far-fetched I see the scenario of Antonio Brown being happy anywhere. Um, it, it just feels to me like, like he is... He's he's mentally moved on from football in a sense that, and he said it himself, you know, I don't have to play. That is a scary sentence. And uh, a lot of these guys don't have to play. But a lot of them love the game so much that they, that they want to keep playing. And I think Antonio Brown is essentially saying, I could play, I couldn't play, uh, it doesn't really matter to me. I just want everyone to play by my rules. And... Hearing that gives me a bit of pause on Antonio Brown in, in the Broncos because it doesn't feel like he's going to change when he gets to a new place. He's just going to keep making certain demands, and, and, and if he's upset, he'll just keep threatening to leave or quit or retire. And, and it almost feels like he wants that information to be out there. Like, look, when I get there, everything better be done the way I want it to be or, or I'm out because I don't need the game. So... That's given me a bit of pause on Antonio Brown and the Broncos. Um, would I still do it? Mm. I th maybe. Maybe. And it really would come down to, and it's something that's been talked a lot, what Mike Munchek has to say about Antonio Brown. If he says, look, he's a, he's a very, very strong personality, but if you act this way around him, then you can have a game-changing player who, yeah, he's going to you know say something in the media and this and that, but he's not going to hurt the team itself. If he says, look, it's a, it's a crapshoot with him. One day he comes in, everything's great, everyone loves him, he's joking around with the guys. Next day he comes in, he doesn't want to talk to anyone, he bashes the quarterback and the media, everyone, you know, then the team's upset with him. If he says that, you got to be out. And there's been conflicting reports on the Broncos' interest. Um, it's interesting because on the national level, there are reports that the Broncos are interested. One of three teams who, who are the most interested, in fact, and that was reported by Ian Rappaport. And, and it's funny what the teams are. The Cardinals, who we've been talking about. The Raiders, who we've been talking about. And the Broncos. That's what Rapp says. 
on the local level, both Mike Kliss and Nikki Javala said that the Broncos have, all caps, no interest in Antonio Brown. You know me, I always go, you know, lean towards the local side of things. Um, so, so I kind of get the sense that maybe, you know, uh, maybe Munchak did give them the red flag and they just said, you know what, let's not mess with it. Why would Rap be saying otherwise? Well, maybe he's hearing from Pittsburgh sources and, and Pittsburgh, and, and, you know, Pittsburgh has a vested interest in making it seem like more teams are interested and everyone knows that the Broncos are desperate to win now. So it's a believable leak if you say, oh yeah, uh, the Broncos are in. But let's just say that the Raiders trade up to the number one overall pick and they trade a second or third round pick for Antonio Brown. Now you've got Kyler Murray and Antonio Brown in the same division in which you have Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. Man, good freaking luck to that secondary. You... uh, you're not as in trouble against the Raiders, of course. I mean, you know, the Chiefs had one of the best offenses we've seen in a while last year. But if they can pair some other, you know, weapons with him, maybe they can keep Jared Cook around. I mean, then they're essentially trying to replicate the offense that the, that they have over there in Kansas City, and you're in big trouble. And maybe that leads you to believe, okay, you need to, you need to draft corner in the first round because all of a sudden – you're having two, two extremely high-flying offenses, and, and of course the Raiders are going to have to execute, but i got to tell you, John Gruden, for all of his faults, I think as a general manager, he is a good quarterback mind. He is a good offensive mind. He'll put together something that will work for Kyler Murray, and then if he has an Antonio Brown on the outside, I mean, that, that's got to scare you. That has to scare you. I know it's easy to write off the Raiders, but that has to give you some, you know, some chills down your spine to think about the, the combinations of speed and arm talent that would you would have to face four times a year, two with the Raiders and two with the Chiefs. So that's the number one thing, you know, that I'm hearing today when I look at that report is, oh, God, the Raiders' plan for reviving their offense is to trade Derek Carr, to draft Kyler Murray, if they can get him one or four, that's to be seen, and then to add Antonio Brown to that offense. And and if you do that, to me, your offense is off to the races. You're you're ready to go, and that's why I was, you know, making the case for the Broncos to do the same thing this offseason. Go out and get Kyler Murray and then get Antonio Brown, pair that with Philip Lindsay, and all of a sudden you have an electric offense. Well, the Raiders, it feels like, have that in mind as a potential plan for them and that has to it has to scare you it just does um real quick i want to tell you guys that i dropped an article on bsn denver uh just this morning just before i started recording this podcast um it is titled what we learned about the broncos from behind the scenes in indianapolis a lot of inside info in there a lot um it's not, you know, it's it's not the groundbreaking stuff that would be, you know, a breaking news report, but it's stuff that I think as subscribers to BSN Denver, you guys and, and diehard Broncos fans, it's information that you guys will feel um, is valuable. And that's what we try to do is create value for our subscribers. And as we sit here today on Monday, the subscription sale is still going. So you still have a few last second chances to get in on this. Uh, use the promo code Broncos 
to get a one-year subscription for just $29.99. And when we win this thing, when they finally call it off and, and we come through and we win this thing, you're going to get a free T-shirt from bsndenverlocker.com, which I think uh, you guys are going to think is pretty sweet. If you haven't been over there, go to bsndenverlocker.com, get yourself a hoodie, a T-shirt, uh, whatever it may be. And, and just so you know, some cool designs are coming soon to the locker. So make sure you subscribe, and then you can go in and read that story. Um, one thing that I did do in there is I gave a bit more information on the report that we gave you guys earlier last week about the Broncos being enamored with Joe Flacco. I kind of went into some more detail about what we were hearing from sources. And like I, I said this last week too, there's two ways to look at it. And I understand if you're the type of person who looks at that and says, how in the world could we be enamored with Joe Flacco? I get that. But for me, hearing from hearing these sources and the way that they were talking about Joe Flacco, it gave me a bit more confidence in the fact that the Broncos have seen something in him that that make that excites them, that makes them think that he can be the guy. And to me, the guy means you can win a Super Bowl with him. Now, they're in this unique position where they don't have to commit anything to Joe Flacco. Uh, and, and so if the, and if their idea turns out to be wrong and flops, we've talked about this, they can go right back into the draft next year, although it feels like John's a little scared to do that. Uh, but they're in a unique position where they can kind of be all in on Joe Flacco until they can be all out on Joe Flacco in, in, in the drop of a hat if they don't like what they see. But I'm getting the feeling that they truly believe that Joe Flacco could be an answer for a, a significant amount of time, not just this year, not just next year but the year after and potentially an extension after that. And that's another reason why this contract was so valuable to them. I know $18.5 million sounds like a lot. It's not. And I know you guys know that. But it, there's so many people out there, you know, especially um, those who aren't as tied in with the league and what these numbers look like in today's day and age. They're, you know, I was talking to just a casual Broncos fan the other day, and they're like, I, I kind of get the whole Flacco thing, but man, the money is just ridiculous. How could they give him that much money? And to me, I'm thinking, wow, if this turns out the way the Broncos think it's going to turn out, the money, it's ridiculous how cheap they're getting this guy for. If he turns out to be the guy that they're thinking is going to be, well, they're going to get a discount on their quote-unquote franchise quarterback for the next three years, and then at 37, if they want to keep this thing rolling, and he, he still continues to be a fit for them and you know play some of his best football over the next three years, well, you're not going to have to pay him you know the big bucks at 37. You can get him at another cheap deal. And, I, and I'm sure some of you are just banging your heads against the wall right now saying, are you kidding me? You're, you know, I'm thinking about one year of Joe Flacco. You're telling me there's going to be you know three to six years of Joe Flacco? This scenario that I'm alluding to right now includes Flacco being that guy, being a franchise quarterback, taking them to the playoffs this year, and, and, and the team feeling like, okay, we just need to build on this and give him another weapon or or get him a better offensive line, and then we go further. This involves the Broncos becoming real contenders with Joe Flacco. Because if they go 8-8 eight and eight this year or 7-9, and nine, you know, they take one more step forward – and Flacco throws, you know, let's say 20 touchdowns to 16 interceptions, they're not going to do that. They'll go back to the drawing board and start all over again. Um, or maybe, they'll, you know, they'll keep him around 
and then draft a guy or, or whatever it may be. But this scenario that I'm talking about involves Flacco being that guy, being their perfect fit for their offense, as it was described to me. And that is a deal. That is a bargain. And maybe that's the way they're seeing this. And, and sometimes you get what you pay for, but sometimes you do find a steal. So, th- you know, th- that's really been on my mind recently is, wow, if, if this thing works out for them, it's going to be a stroke of genius from John Elway and and, and Vic Fangio and, and Rich Scangarello, who all were, uh, you know, seemingly on the same page going here. Well, all of a sudden you're getting a franchise QB or, you know, a guy who, who can lead you deep into the playoffs as they believe for 18 this year 20 next year I think it's 23 the year after that that's a steal that's a steal in today's market and it's something that had to be on their minds in in the longevity there they can hold on to him as long as they want for for a again relatively cheap price or they can cut him whenever so uh, the flexibility and the fit and all of it, it really the more we've learned the more I've learned about Joe Flacco and the Denver Broncos, the more I understand the move, the more I'm beginning to think it's a good move. I got to see it, got to see it on the field before I, you know, I truly believe it. But I'll tell you what, the people that, you know, spend their days in Broncos headquarters have been pretty damn convincing that this guy's going to have success with Scangarello, with TC McCartney as his quarterback's coach, with, you know, Vic Fangio as the head coach. They really feel it's, it is the perfect fit. And, that is worth something. All right, let's take a break here. I know you guys have lots of questions. I'm going to get to going to get to all of them, and then we'll see if maybe there's some that we need to circle back to tomorrow because I'm sure you want uh, Zach's opinion as well. So we'll make it work so that you guys get all the information that you desire. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. Dr. Rick and his team at Belmar Chiropractic focus on getting to the root cause of your problem instead of chasing symptoms. The results have been like above and beyond anything I could have ever expected. My pain is completely gone, full of energy, even throughout my entire pregnancy. He was able to adjust me and it sounds crazy to say, but like no back pain throughout my whole pregnancy. That was just really amazing. It's better than anything I could have expected for sure. That was Caitlin. Like her, many people who had looked everywhere and tried everything finally found relief and healing at Belmar Chiropractic. It makes you feel really comfortable because he always tells you what he's doing before he actually does it. So I always felt really, really comfortable and they're all so warm and welcoming as well, which is always great. Dr. Rick can help decrease anxiety and depression, reduce stress, improve mental focus and clarity, provide better quality of sleep, boost your immune system, and so much more. He's definitely the most knowledgeable chiropractor I've ever been to. And I actually have recommended him to many, many of my friends and coworkers. Give Belmar Chiropractic a call today at 303-233-1236. Well, if you got sick of my voice there in the first segment, now you get to hear my voice reading other people's voices as we get on to the questions here. And real quick, i got to give a shout-out to some of my... Um, I don't know if idols or influencers, there it is, influences in this business on, on doing this type of stuff every day. I mean, uh, guys like Nate Kreckman, um, Scott Van Pelt did it for a while, Ryan Rosillo, uh, doing these radio shows every day for multiple hours by yourself is highly impressive. So tip of the cap to those guys, because this, let me tell you, it's not easy to keep, to keep coherent thoughts 
just on a on a constant uh, string here. Uh, but I will attempt to continue to do so. As as you guys know, we never we try to never miss a podcast uh, on a weekday here at BSN Denver. And today is another example of us figuring out a way to make it work. So it's all for you guys. All right, this first one comes in from Den18 Broncos One Fan says, hey guys, new subscriber here. What got me to subscribe to this podcast was not just the Broncos info, but you describing what it's like to go to events such as the Senior Bowl or the Combine. It really feels like I was there in person. Wow, thank you. Well, if you want to feel like you are here in person with me in Chicago, go find like one of those chest freezers and climb inside of it. (laughs) And that's what it'll feel like. I swear. Okay, so... When you're from Colorado and you meet people from this part of the country, whether it's Chicago or New York or or you know somewhere in the in the nor- like in the north like Minnesota or something, all you ever hear is, "Oh man, you guys don't understand what what the wet cold is like in these areas." Like you know, Colorado's a dry cold; it's not nearly as cold. And the same thing for the heat, right? It's a dry heat in Colorado. It's nothing like the humid heat in Washington D.C. or whatever. And um, I've experienced the, the, the humidity, and that's certainly a real pain. The cold in Chicago is uh, is unparalleled as far as I'm concerned. It is so cold here. I literally walked two blocks from where I'm staying to the Starbucks, and I had to cover up every part of my skin so I didn't freeze. Like, I got a brain freeze because the only thing that was exposed was my forehead. So that, welcome to Chicago. Now you're here with me. Um, I hope you're as cold as I am. All right, anyways, uh, he goes on to say, I'm planning to do journalism for the Air Force after I graduate college, and I hope it's as fun as it seems to be for you guys. That's so cool. It is such a fun job, and it's 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 really special. And, and it, a lot of it does have to do with the people that are around you, but I've met so many great people in this business. Um, so good luck to you, and, and I hope you have the most success there. Um, one quick thing I wanted to share about BSN Denver that kind of just came to me today. I feel like um, we're like the Nuggets, and one of the coolest things about working here has not has been the job itself, of course. But man, we we had this young core to start, and everyone, you know, we knew everyone was talented, and we knew everyone was going places. But to see everyone as we're, you know, getting towards four years here at BSN Denver, to see everyone kind of come into their own and find their voice as writers and, and podcast hosts. I mean, you know, another person who I look up to for, for, for his work doing it solo is Drew Creaseman. He does a, po- a solo podcast every day on the Rockies and he's great at it. Um, Harrison Wind, who covers the Nuggets for us, like, this year, he's always been a good writer, but this year he's totally come into his own writing features. He's fantastic. A.J. Hayfley, you know, covering the Avalanche, ha- has such a way with words and, and a connection with the fan base. It's so cool. So sorry to, uh, you know, brag a little bit about some of my coworkers, but I was sitting at Starbucks today just thinking like, wow, it's cool to see us go from, you know, a, a ragtag group of young guys just looking for a way into the business to, the, the way I look at my coworkers is like full, you know, true pros in this business and guys who are fantastic writers and podcasters and on video. So anyways, just had to share that because I think it's really cool. Going on to his question here. It says, on to Broncos stuff. Uh, I really think the Broncos should trade down in this draft and try and get an additional first round pick this year. There are enough blue chip corner prospects that one should be available. 
We get our quarterback next year by trading up, and the Broncos can win now with Flacco and a defensive prospect to help the defense. Win-win. That idea is starting to make more and more sense to me, and it's also paired with the fact that today the news comes out that the Baltimore Ravens will not franchise tag C.J. Mosley, meaning most likely he will have a chance to hit free agency. If you are able to get C.J., in free agency and you're gonna have to pony up quite a bit of cash to do so but if you're able to get him then you don't have to think about Devin White even though Devin White's great remember CJ Mosley is only 26 he's the same age as Garrett Bowles for God's sakes um then you can pass on Devin White and and to me Devin White and Devin Bush you know as well but the linebacker core has one clear prospect at the top and that's Devin I don't see the same thing with corner and so I'd feel more comfortable trading back. So get your linebacker in Mosley, who uh, I believe has has worked with Fangio when he was there in Baltimore. And then you could trade back. You can draft, you know, whichever guy is left on the board and DeAndre Baker and Byron Murphy. And then you got your uh, your linebacker and your corner you know the two biggest holes you have there on defense that's really enticing to me so I'm starting to come to terms with it you guys know that I normally say "Mm -mm, don't trade back but that when you can get a concrete best prospect at a position that you need that's when it's you know I just won't allow it because if you need a linebacker I, I don't like the idea of trading back and getting in getting Devin Bush, even though I like Devin Bush. I'm just saying if you can get Devin White right there at 10, just go for the better prospect. Go for the guy who's who's ranked higher, even if it's just a bit after Devin Bush had a really great combine. I just I want the sure thing. I want the guy who, for goodness sakes, ran a 4-4-1 and, and just flew at the combine like and said if you got if you need someone to cover the tight end. You stick Devin White on him and you're good. Like that fires me up. So if you're going linebacker, in my opinion, you have to go Devin White. Um, and if he's not there, well, then maybe you trade back and now you're going corner. But it'd be it'd be nice for the Broncos to get some clarity in free agency, and that's what they always try to do. So maybe it's Bryce Callahan, and and now we're then we're talking about the other way around. And I'm saying, okay, well, you got your corner. Now go get your linebacker. Um, but if if you do get linebacker in free agency, um. I could see the idea of trading back and drafting, you know, the the corner that's left of the top three. Moving on to the next question here comes in from First State Bronco. It says, hey guys, first, first time commenter here based out of Slower Lower Delaware. Um, as you guys know, I don't believe in Delaware, so this guy's an imposter. But anyways, we'll keep reading. To prove that we aren't so slow down this way, I have a theory here that may or may not make a ton of sense apparently from john elway's ptsd in drafting quarterback in round one i feel that a huge part of why joe flacco was brought in was to more accurately evaluate his new head coach and offensive coordinator thinking back to vance joseph and all the excuses made for why we played like trash while under his leadership aka terrible quarterback play i feel that if joe flacco was once coached into being a super bowl mvp then this is john elway's way of seeing what his new coaching staff is truly made of thoughts i think there's something to be said for this theory and and, and the way that i read it when you're when you say it is maybe a little too negative in, in terms of his belief in this coaching staff i truly believe that he really loves this coaching staff and is really confident in it but it would. It is true 
that one, it would be unfair to make these guys go go with Case Keenum after seeing what you saw last year, and two, it would be a tough evaluation for them to be thrown into the ring with a rookie quarterback and all the bumps and bruises that come with that theory. Now, remember, you, you're probably sitting there saying, well, then Vance Joseph really got the raw end of the deal. I think he did. I think in a certain place, Vance Joseph could have learned on the job a lot better with a with a quarterback position that was stable, et cetera, et cetera. I think he did kind of get a raw deal. But unfortunately for Vance, all of his rookie mistakes combined with the terrible quarterback play and the other holes on the roster made it much worse. Instead of his coaching taking a tougher situation and making it a little better. Obviously, Trevor Simeon went downhill under Vance Joseph. Paxton Lynch never really got on the field. Case Keenum went downhill from last season under under this coaching staff. And then on top of that, you had Vance making all sorts of rookie mistakes in-game. So he did get a rough deal, and, and I bet you he would have had more success if his quarterback was Joe Flacco. So I think the Broncos here, you know, one of the reasons they wanted to get Flacco is they say – we can have instant success under a new coaching staff with a you know a truly solid veteran at quarterback. So I like what you're saying there. Next one here is from Thomas 14, sorry, Sutton 14, Thomas 87. Um, he says, um, the top the Penn Quarter Sports Tavern in DC is the best Broncos bar I've been to on the East Coast. The turnout and atmosphere is incredible. I walked two miles and two feet of snow to be there for the 2015 AFC Championship game and took some Aussies with me for Super Bowl 50 to get their first taste of American football. That's pretty awesome. 11 out of 10, he rates it. Anyways, he goes, I'll be in Denver this May for a few days. I've only just flown in, f- I've only just flown in for a game before, never, never really had any time to do anything. What are the things I have to do? in denver um the the rk and zach way man first of all may so my i I know you said you know you've only really come for games but my recommendation is to go to course field prop yourself up on the party deck and just have a good old time in the in the colorado summer sun um they're really like when i think of summer that's what i think of um, and I love watching a game from the stands, but in terms of just having a good old summer day, it doesn't get much better than being up there on the rooftop. Uh, the other thing I know it's caught, co- it's involving more costs, spending money, but going to a concert at Red Rocks, if you can do it, there's simply nothing like it, truly nothing like it. So check out who's in town. Then, um, obviously, you know, a lot of our food recommendations, um, you know, if I were you, I would try and make it up to Boulder, go for a hike up there. Um, you know, it's that's something that you really can't get anywhere else. Um, touch back, you know, touch back again before you come, and maybe we'll come up with some other things. Of course, I want Zach's opinion as well. But there's there's a lot of great things to do. Denver in the summer is is so awesome. All right, um, he says consider having Andre on the pod sometime and ask about having Kyler under center. I wasn't aware of the calamari memes until the combine, but they sure combine the two things this pod loves. Yes, Kyler Murray and food. Calamari. Calamari. Anyways, he says, stay warm in Indy. If you see Andrew Luck bribing with food, maybe we could get him under center uh, with the right style of mile-high mafia persuasion. Yes, we'll make him an offer that he can't can't refuse. I actually – did I tell you guys? I actually did see Andrew Luck at the Super Bowl. Um and I didn't have a chance to quote to coax him towards Denver, but 
I left the uh, NFL Honors, which was a really cool event, and that was, of course, where it was announced um, formally that Pat Bullen was going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and um, I was one of the last media members there, as usual, and when I finished, I was starving, and I didn't want to go far for food, so I just went to the restaurant across the the, uh, the way there, and it was a decently upscale restaurant, not too bad um, in terms of price, but sitting right across from me was Andrew Luck, and I was like, wow, I already hate eating it alone enough. Now I have to worry about Andrew Luck judging me, but um, he seems like a nice guy. Anyways, from Mr. Freeze, he said, oh, sorry, I almost skipped one here. From G Ham Chill. G Ham Chill. Hey guys, long time listener, but brand new subscriber. This pod is a mainstay and it's the perfect cure for my garbage job. Sorry about the job. Glad we can help. Says I have no burger recommendations other than a burger I make myself using sriracha mayo coleslaw, a brioche bun, and crispy wonton strips on top. We will accept one of those any day. Uh, he's talking about the last episode and he said, okay, this episode dashed any hope I had for the Broncos. Flacco ain't it chief. And we ain't beating the chiefs in the next 10 years. LA may as well start packing up his office. Cause no quarterback at the first round this year will, will be the nail in his GM coffin. We have a top 10 pick this year. Screw Fangio's. We need help everywhere. Yeah, we do, but you rarely get a shot at a franchise quarterback. And Elway is about to waste his second top 10 pick in two years. Do you think that that is it? If, uh, is Elway done if we pass on a QB at 10 and miss the playoffs again? I feel like his time is running out. Hashtag fire Elway. Hashtag embrace the future. Those are some strong, strong first comment there from G Ham Chill. Um, no, John Elway is, so let me just start from the end here. No, John Elway is not done uh, if they pass on a quarterback and miss the playoffs again. Not even close. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. Who's going to fire John Elway? Joe Ellis? Joe Ellis literally said, I don't meddle in football operations, which you can take as I'm not firing John Elway. I mean, the ultimate meddling in football operations would be to fire John Elway. And that's the only person with the power to do that. The only person who can fire John Elway is Joe Ellis. And he, and he's not doing it. So until this team has an ownership structure in place, then John Elway's here unless John Elway leaves on his own. And, uh, and after hearing from him at the combine, he ain't leaving on his own be- until it's on his own terms. Meaning until he feels like he left this franchise in a great position, he's not going anywhere. And part of me respects the heck out of that because for him to come in and leave the, the franchise in a similar position as when he came in, not the same, but in a rough spot, I think I just don't think he could go to sleep at night. So yes, he brought the team to the highest of highs and won the Super Bowl. And maybe you know, looking back, he wishes he would have just done it again and and rode off into the sunset after that Super Bowl. But that's not the way he works. He thought they could win it again, even with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. I think he truly believed that of the next year. And now he's only gone the wrong direction. But I don't think he's going anywhere until he feels he's left this team in a better position and or a new ownership com- comes into place, whether it's Brittany Bolin or, or a new you know family entirely, and tells John, sorry, we're going in a different direction. Now, that would be one heck of a bold move from a new owner who everyone's a little skeptical about you know, coming off of Bolin to come in and fire the, the face of the franchise, not just now, but for the, for, in the history of the franchise would be one heck of a, of a, uh, of a flex for a new owner. But John's not done. 
if they struggle and and Flacco you know swings and misses, he'll he'll just try another route. Um, so sorry to tell you, you Elway's not getting fired anytime soon. Um, and if it works with Flacco, then maybe you know that that's his out. You know he he gets this team back to contention. Maybe somehow they you know, pull off a miracle and win the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco as their quarterback. And then John says, okay, I'm out. Um, but until then, get used to everything about John Elway because he's not going anywhere. Next one here is from Mr. Freeze. He says, if you go to Panchero's, I suggest getting your tortilla well done unless you like fighting your burrito for every bite. It's a hot Panchero's take right there. I doubt you will. Be. Oh, and this is a food recommendation. I'll, I'll read it. He says, I doubt you will be, but if you're ever in the Quad Cities, Davenport, Iowa, Rock Island, Moline, and East Moline, Illinois, you have to try our brand of pizza. The original is Harris's Pizza, but former employees have branched out and opened up dozens of knockoff joints uh, that make the same style with a few tweaks. you got to tell us what, what the style is. What is it? Because I'm trying to think of, like, styles of pizza. I mean, of course, there's deep dish, there's thin crust, there's, of course... The Kansas way, or at least I see it as the Kansas way, where they put some cream cheese on there as well. you got to let us know what exactly that style is. Um, for Mr. Freeze, he says, I'm so glad you guys finally brought up Chad Kelly again because I've been waiting for months to hear Ryan's insider information about who's supposedly going to pick him up before next season. Sorry, you're just going to have to keep waiting. Uh, but I do believe he will. Uh, well, I, I have a very strong inclination that he will be with the team uh, before next season and and pretty sure I know who it is but like I said originally I said I don't have confirmation on this so I'm not going to share it and unfortunately I thought I would be able to confirm that a long ago or else I wouldn't have mentioned it but I wasn't able to confirm it um, so in, in in that case you're just gonna have to keep waiting I'm sorry um, from Lindsay MVP 2020 and good day guys are there any similarities in the circumstances that resulted in Peyton Manning leaving the Colts and coming to Denver and the circumstances that have resulted in Joe Flacco leaving the Ravens and coming to Denver? Does Elway see this as Manning 2.0? To answer your direct question there at the end, no. He's not silly enough to believe that Joe Flacco is Manning 2.0. But I will say that I don't think it's lost on John Elway that every time the Broncos have ever won a Super Bowl, the quarterback was in his late 30s. It's almost like, to me, John Elway sees the idea of a young quarterback, and by the way, he struggled a lot as a young quarterback, as overrated in a way. Um, I think he believes that the best way to win a Super Bowl is with a quarterback who has seen it all, done it all, experienced it all, seen every defense, seen every blitz, you know, learned the playbook and new playbooks multiple times. There are so many things that a guy like Joe Flacco this late into his career knows has been in that situation, knows how to react, and and he's also been deep, deep into the playoffs, just the same way that Peyton Manning and John Elway had when they took the Broncos deep into the playoffs and, of course, ended up winning a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco has, I mean, a plethora of experiences that no rookie quarterback could ever dream of having even in the first five years of their career. So while I don't think John Elway thinks this is Peyton Manning at all, I think he may view it as the closest thing to Peyton Manning the Broncos could get this offseason. And I truly believe that he thinks there is a, a distinct advantage to having a quarterback who's already seen it all. Like I said, Peyton Manning, 
won the won the Super Bowl with the Broncos in the very last year of his career, 40 years old. John Elway in the very last two years of his career, I want to say at 38 and 39 years old. The, you know, the medium age, the median age there is 39 years old. That's the average age of a Broncos quarterback who's won the Super Bowl. Flacco's got five years before he even hits that. But I think Elway is seeing a guy like Flacco and, and on top of, you know, being a fit for the offense and all those other things that I've brought up many times, he says, this guy's seen it all. When he gets to the playoffs, he won't be surprised. He's won in cold weather. He's won in warm weather. He's done it in the Super Bowl. He's done it in the championship games. He's made huge plays late in games. I mean, there's there's nothing on the list of things a quarterback in the NFL needs to do that he hasn't done. And I think Elway sees value in that. Moving on here from New Mexico Broncos fan. He says, all right, so click quick theory just finished reading ryan's piece about elway and fangio not seeing eye to eye on quarterbacks and linebackers make sure you check that out on bsndenver.com he says is it possible or plausible that elway and fangio sat down before the combine and agreed to put out all this seemingly contradicting jargon as a smokescreen when actually behind the scenes they're in agreement on who they're drafting at 10 maybe i'm just reaching for hope that they're actually going to try and get kyler i can hope right please I'm sorry that I did this to you guys and and made you believe that Kyler in a, you know, in a dream scenario could be an option for the Broncos, but what I should have said in all of that is that the the Broncos, you know, Kyler Murray falling to the Broncos was already going to be a far-fetched situation. Then they, you know, shot down the idea of drafting Kyler Murray. Um and, and to really answer your question about the smoke screens, no. Is it possible, plausible? Yes. Do I believe that's what happened? No. I think that John Elway and Vic Fangio have differing views on things. And as I wrote there, I like that. I like that Vic Fangio isn't just a whatever John says type of guy. He's a guy who has seen it all too. And he can say, you know what, John? The quarterback size really doesn't matter. Sure, would we have to go under center less with Kyler Murray? Of course. But does that really matter in the grand scheme of things when he can do this, that, and the other thing? I don't believe so. And John can say, look, hey, I want to be balanced. I want to run the ball. And they can have a discussion about that. The same thing, you know, for linebacker. John can say, look, I've gotten value at linebacker in the fifth, sixth, seventh, undrafted all the rounds there at the end. I truly don't believe you have to spend high capital on a linebacker. Vic Fangio can turn around and say, look, you can get players guys that can play late the same way that you can get guys who can play running back late but there is a difference and a drop off between an out and out star and a guy who can play and Fangio can say in my defense the having an out and out star is a game changer a difference maker it's it's everything for me to be able to have that and, and they can go back and forth and you know maybe John budges maybe he says okay well we can go linebacker in the third maybe he says all right you know I'll trust in you I'll, I'll get you your guy in Devin White or maybe it's CJ Mosley but I don't believe they see eye to eye on everything and I like that and I like that Vic Fangio is willing to say when he doesn't see eye to eye with John Elway maybe not directly but if Vic Fangio becomes the head coach that John Elway wants him to be. If he's the guy, you know, the seasoned vet who comes in, steadies the ship, teaches these guys how to win the right way, um, you know, puts in this fantastic defense, 
empowers you know offensive guys to to really have success you know Mike Munchak on the offensive line if all of this clicks John Elway is going to trust Vic Fangio and I think he already has a level of trust for him but when Gary Kubiak left and I wrote this in the story Elway lost his confidant the guy that you know he trusted more maybe more than anyone other than Matt Russell and and I think Vic Fangio or, or sorry uh, I think Gary Kubiak was a lot more willing to say no to Elway than Matt Russell not to say he never says it but but you get the point and I think Vic Fangio can become that guy and so whether it's now or later the fact that Vic Fangio is showing John Elway that I disagree with you on stuff and I'm not afraid to, to show it, I think will we'll build a, a different level of respect from John's side of things. Let's take a break here, and when we come back, we will get to the rest of your questions. There's nothing more important than family, and for more than 100 years now, customers have turned to Farmers New World Life Insurance Company and agents like Bryce Babcock to help protect the financial security of their loved ones. What makes us different, first off, is we're, we're completely customer service oriented, meaning that our goal is every day to be available. The other piece, too, is that I'm young. I'm 31 years old, and so I'm, I'm hungry, and I'm very motivated every single day to continue to make this agency grow, and, and that's just something that, you know, I, I think that I bring them up a lot of other agents do. My initial thought was it's expensive and I just don't have money to invest in my long-term future. Everything I have I need right now. But once I started looking at the options, it's an absolute no-brainer. You can find a life insurance plan that works for you and you should. It's not just about death either. There's whole life insurance policies that actually have cash value that build over time and so on. So Bryce will break all of that down for you for free. The call is a no-brainer. You have to do it. Brandon's 100% right. Plus, Bryce is even giving out a deal specifically for BSN listeners. I'm going to go ahead and send out a $10 Starbucks gift card right right off the bat. And so you don't have to do business with us. You don't have to. There's no payment needed or anything like that. It's something that we're going to do for anyone that comes in from BSN. gives us an opportunity to earn their business. Call 303-996-6509 today. That's 303-996-6509. Final segment here on the BSN Broncos podcast. I like how I said we at the end of the last segment as if <laughs> there's someone else here. It's just me getting you through today on the BSN Broncos podcast, and I appreciate you for putting up with me with no one here to check me or tell me I'm stupid. It's, it's uh, got to be hard for you, the listener, to not be able to have Zach disagree with me or or just tell me when I you know say something dumb um, but anyways let's get to the rest of these questions here and then you'll be done with me and back onto a regular podcast tomorrow uh, this one comes in from patient Broncos fan it says Ryan I have a plan and I think you'll be on board now that Kyler has been measured we can fit him for his gold jacket induct him into the hall of fame thus freeing him up to go and cure cancer solve world peace and global warming and walk on water in his free time. <laughs> sounds all, It all sounds good to me, except for I want to see him play football first. That was kind of my dream for this entire off you know season. Since the buzz around Kyler Murray started, I was like, we cannot let him go play f- baseball. He's too fun to watch playing football. Anyways, he goes on. I know we will miss seeing him revolutionize the NFL, but he won't have to. We won't have to play against. Uh, play against him either teasing over sorry RK on a serious note I'm loving all the coverage this is my favorite time of the NFL uh season 
the endless possibility of moves. It's sort of like Christmas wondering what you're going to get. Please, Elway, no lumps of coal. My question. At pick 10, are all the offensive linemen a reach? What offensive line picks are a fit for us? Thanks for the coverage, guy. My subscription is real recent. Um, so I bought one for my brother. Don't tell him I'm keeping the t-shirt when we went. Wow. That is legendary. So, so appreciated for you to get in on that. And, and for all you other guys, if you haven't heard yet, which if you haven't, you either just started listening or you don't ever pay attention to anything we're saying, which would be understandable. Um, it's promo code Broncos on the annual pass. You'll get the, the annual pass for $29.99 and when we win, you'll get a free shirt. And yes, if you bought it for your friend, because you already have a subscription, we can make sure that you get to keep the free shirt. As for the offensive line, you know, obviously Andre would be the better guy to talk about this, um, and we'll certainly have him on the podcast, and you can catch him on the draft podcast on Friday. I think there are a few that you could you could get away with without feeling like it's too much of a stretch. Um, you've got the guy from Alabama who his arms came in a little short, but not too short. And then Dillard out of Washington, Washington State was a real big winner. Andre Dillard um, of the combine really showed his athleticism, but a reach maybe, I think with the Broncos still having a first round pick playing left tackle, left tackle is really the only place you want to pick that high. Unless you of course, you know, get Quentin Nelson, like, like uh, Indy did last year. But, I think with them having a left tackle, I think the ideal scenario for the Broncos would be to take a guy that they think could play right tackle, maybe evolve to left tackle, um, so they can try to see if Munchak can get through to bowls while also developing this other guy on the right side, um, or maybe go guard, who knows. But I think at 10, you have such big needs at, at the bigger positions and I mean kind of you know this the flashier positions that going offensive line there especially in a draft that's not too stacked with top level offensive line would, would be slightly underwhelming the guy I'm keeping an eye on and you heard his name from us first back there at the senior bowl is Titus Howard um, a guy who started as a quarterback and has gone all the way to a big old offensive line prospect um, I could see the Broncos, and I reported this today uh, in my article. So here's a, you know another one of the tidbits for you guys. Um, I could see the Broncos going for a guy they believe is a bit more of a project in the second or third rounds, maybe even the fourth too, um, that they can put in the hands of Mike Munchak and feel like, okay, well, this guy may be a project, but the way Mike Munchak does things, he's going to make it really easy for him. And, and that's another thing that I've heard about Mike Munchak that I didn't put in that article. What he's going to do is make everything very easy on the offensive lineman. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, the the scheme will be less complex or anything like that. Well, I guess it kind of does. His goal is to make it easy. So you don't have guys thinking out there. And when they don't think, they can they can go hit people. And that is going to be the goal for Mike Munchak. It's one of the things he's done so well. So he gets them their technique right. He gets all this right. But then when it comes to what he's asking them to do, it's simple. And it's such a problem that we have in the NFL with coaches not making things easy on guys. Why make things I – know, I know you have all this time and you think you can make it so much harder. If you can make it easier, guys can go out there and just play. And all these guys, especially on the offensive line, their whole life, they love hitting people. They might not be the sharpest tools in the shed or wherever they come from, but one thing they all have in common is they like to hit people. They like to block. 
They like to be in the trenches, at least most of them. And if you get a guy who doesn't, you're in big trouble. If you can make it easy on them so they can just go out and do what they do best, you're going to have a lot more success. And then I think that's what uh, what he's going to do for them. But but keep an eye on Howard because I think coming out of Alabama State, which is such a small school, he's going to be viewed as a raw guy. But he's so athletic, and he's he's a smart, smart guy. When he was in college, he had the the power to override the quarterback at the line or tell the quarterback, hey, you're not seeing something. Make sure you check this protection. That uh, is impressive to me, and I think it's why he could be an attractive option for the Broncos and Mike Munchak, uh, who was also a very smart player. All right, from Christian C. He says, hey, guys, first things first, I have to get on this burger discussion. Burgers are my favorite food, so when you combine them with my favorite team, what used to be my favorite pod has now become my favorite pod. I think the list list of restaurants is a great idea, and I wanted to offer my two cents. And by the way, a lot of people chimed in with their restaurants. I'll begin work on the BSN Denver guide to the, the food in the universe or something like that. He says, every time I go to a new city, I try to find the best burgers they have to offer. So far, my two favorite burgers are both in Boston. My favorite place is called Mr. Bartley's Gourmet Burgers. The meat is so tender, juicy, and flavorful, and the toppings are just out of this world. My second favorite is here at the Boston Burger Company, and they have definitely the most beautiful burgers I've ever seen. Warning, do not look at their Instagram page, or you might find yourself buying a one-way ticket to Boston. The toppings are also great, but the meat is just not quite as good as Mr. Bartley's. All sounds great. I also I had a um, burger, of course, no bun, ugh. Um, here in Chicago on Friday night at a brewery called Corridor. I'm sure beer drinkers might may have heard of it. And the meat was so tender. It was like the most tender burger I've ever had. It was really good. Then here's a place that I know that, that there's locations around some of our listeners. And of course, I know we have some listeners here in Chicago. So if you haven't been, you got to go to this place. It's called Nando's or Nando's Chicken. And it is like Portuguese, African fusion type chicken. Holy moly. Some of legit, some of the best chicken I've ever had in my entire life. Um, my buddy got the wings. They were off the chain. I just got the half chicken. Um, and it, it's grilled chicken with this peri-peri spice sauce type of thing that they've got going on. I'm telling you, if you haven't had it, please go have it. If you're in any of the areas that have it, I think it's, I think it's here in Chicago, then in D.C., Maryland, Virginia, and then I believe it's also overseas in certain places. So, you know, even you guys uh, across the pond can get in on those. Uh, But you guys got to check it out. It's amazing. Anyways, uh, he goes on to say, now for the football talk. Thank you for all the coverage from the Combine. It's been amazing to hear. What do you think is the absolute worst nightmare for Denver besides picking Daniel Jones at 10, of course? If we focus on defense in this draft, as is seemingly more likely by the day, what do you think Denver's ceiling is with a Fangio-led defense and a Scangarello offense with Flacco? Minimal weapons and little to no improvement on the offensive line. Finally, you two should do a pod with Andre where each of you puts yourself in John Elway's shoes and walk us through every step of the offseason, free agency, draft trades, etc., and what you would do to improve the team. Be interested to see how your opinions differ from Andre's. Once again, thanks for the awesome content and sorry for the long comment. I think that last piece would be cooler to do as um, the Broncos roundtable like we were doing on Fridays in the offseason, or sorry, during the season, uh, where we each type out our response and then put, paste it all into one article. Um, that way we aren't swayed by anyone else's opinion. Okay, 
What is Denver's ceiling with a Fangio-led defense and a Scangarello offense with Flacco minimal weapons and little to no improvement on the old line? And remember, that's also with the idea of taking a quarterback. Sorry, taking a defensive player at 10 that helps Fangio's defense. I think the ceiling is high, but, but that involves Joe Flacco hitting that 2012-2014 level of play which clearly the Broncos believe he can do but I'm not as confident in I don't, I don't want to put a number on it quite yet because I want to see what the moves are actually are what is the pick at 10 you know what is uh what do they do on the offensive line do they get a guy like Howard how does you know whatever it is I want to know what the actual moves are because just because they don't go offensive line or offense in the first round doesn't mean they can't improve the offense you know I tweeted the other day Go get Terry McLaurin in the second round out of Ohio State. Now you have a deep threat. Now I'm you know, more excited about the offense. I don't think Flacco is going to have minimal weapons if you can just add a few pieces. Give him a speedster and you know, maybe a tight end, a reliable tight end. Doesn't have to be a crazy you know, Noah Fant or, or TJ Hawkinson. Um, if you can do that, I don't think you're going to have minimal weapons on offense. And then we'll see the offensive line. I know the Broncos expected to improve, you know, to improve just from Munchak being in the building. So, and, and not, don't forget about Chris Cooper either. So I'm not going to put a ceiling on it right now, a number on it, until I really see what these guys do in the off season, because I think there's a lot, a lot of moving pieces before you know what this team is going to be. But, but I do believe this team, you know, can be a playoff team if they get the Joe Flacco that they believe they're getting. Next one here is from Luca. Hey, guys. First of all, I hate you with all of your variety of fast food choices. This small-town guy here in Germany has to drive at least 20 kilometers. I don't know how many miles that is, and I don't either. To the nearest McDonald's. By the way, enjoy the food talk regardless. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm avoiding McDonald's, so um, you don't have to be too jealous of me. Be jealous of Zach, who could eat literally anything, and it doesn't matter. Anyways, he says, talking football. Do you guys think L.A. does not see the possibilities a young quarterback provides for the whole franchise? Finding your quarterback in the draft gives you the opportunity to spend big around him for five years. Plus, you get four first-round picks to improve your squad in the following years. There's your Super Bowl window. I would draft one every year until I finally hit. I would, too. But as I talked about earlier, I don't think John Elway thinks rookie quarterback is the best way to win. Goes on to finish this off. My recommendation is a small kebab shop in Essen which ironically means food in German called Ada where you can find the best donor donair I don't know ever I believe nobody listening to this might ever get there but I don't care as always keep it up thank you for the recommendation I plan to get to Germany at some point so I, I will try it from Minnesota Paul hey guys I saw this piece of news uh I saw, a, I saw a piece of news yesterday noting some guys likely to be traded, and I thought a couple of them might be good fits for the Broncos' needs. Trey Waynes and Nelson Aguilar are set to make $9 million this upcoming year, and rumor is their respective teams are looking to make a deal. Would you be interested in either of them? Ah, oh, man. I like Aguilar. I do. He's been a really kind of a revelation for the Eagles, especially in that Super Bowl year. Him going from bust to big time contributor was a game changer for that offense I don't quite know that he's worth the nine million for what the Broncos need at wide receiver um I think you can get similar production for a little bit cheaper or 
like I just said, get a guy like Terry McLaurin in, in the draft, maybe even a guy like Andy Isabella, who, wow, ran a blazing 40 at the Combine. We, we all have a man crush on him uh, in terms of our draft crush here at BSN Broncos. Brandon Spano, of course, started it. We all watched him, you know, afterwards in Mobile and just came away so impressed. He, I think he ran a 4-3-1, if memory serves. That's insane for a little white guy, and I don't care what you say about that. Usually those guys go out there, they run like a 4-5-6, but everyone says, yeah, but he's so quick in and out of his routes, his, his straight line speed really doesn't matter. Well, Isabella is lightning fast in and out of his routes, and he has the straight line speed. Uh, I would love to see him with the Broncos. So, um, I, 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 maybe, but probably not at that price tag. From Broncos East Coast 58, hey guys, finally got my subscription to BSN Denver. Thank you. As a Broncos fan uh, in the heart of Patriot country the last few years have been miserable. What are your thoughts on the Broncos talking to Brett Rippon? So, talking to. I'll, I'll say this. Who they are talking to is far less meaningful to me than who they aren't talking to. Because when the guys you are talking to, you're casting a pretty wide net. And when you don't talk to a guy, I'm more, my interest is more piqued, but that's all in saying that the Broncos did not talk to Bradley Chubb last year, mostly because they didn't think they were going to have a chance at drafting him. Um, so, uh, in terms of Rippon, I can totally see why Rich Scangarello would be interested in Rippon. He, he's a lot like Nick Mullins, in fact, and like I said, uh, you know, earlier today I could see the Broncos going third fourth fifth round getting a quarterback not sure how high Rippon's gonna go but him Jarrett Stidham and Tyree Jackson are all guys I would keep firmly on the radar for the Broncos um, but but I'm more interested in the fact like they didn't meet with Greedy Williams or uh, any of the top quarterbacks pro quarterback prospects like that to me gives me more of a hint than who they did meet with from BWR well, as rude as it is to spoil the surprise, I'm about 80% sure the Broncos are drafting a cornerback in the first this year. It's the one spot where need GM and head coach all meet. Elway loves corners. Fangio's talked at length about needing one, uh, and they need one there. Uh, I'd be disappointed as no corner is in my top 10, so it's a slight reach, but Byron Murphy is my guy, and I think he'd be plug and play. Yeah, Byron Murphy's my guy, too, of the top corners. I really like the way that he plays. And, and like I think I said last week, he kind of reminds me of Chris Harris Jr. in ways. It's funny because Chris was undrafted. He's a first-round prospect. But I would love to see the Broncos bring him in. He learns from Chris Harris Jr. And then he's the next guy. And you go from Champ to Chris to Byron Murphy, and you never have drop-off from that number one corner spot. And, of course, you know you could even make the argument that the Broncos upgraded during the Aqib Tlaib years. So I could see that. Um, I'm still – leaning I, I want I think the the best case scenario um now that quarterback is kind of off the board would be Devin getting Devin White at 10 but if you do go the corner route uh, getting Byron Murphy would be great from bleed orange and blue I still don't feel confident in my wide in our wide receiver group Sutton didn't blossom into the star I expected and I didn't see anything from the other wide receiver he didn't even remember his name I'm worried the Emmanuel won't be the same dynamic player any wide receiver LA should look at with veteran experience besides the two Johns, Brown and Roswell. Aguilar was just one there. But I I think John Brown and John Ross would be the two to look at. The reason being is the cost won't be ridiculous. 
Um, now, John Brown, I believe, signed a one-year – I don't want to be wrong on this, but I believe it's a one-year $5 million deal with um, the, the Ravens last year, and it might have actually even been less than that. So it was kind of a prove-it thing for him. He was, he was having health issues, uh, as we've noted. But I think um, if, if you could get him even in the $7 million range for maybe three years or two years, however you want to do it, uh, I think that would be a better look than some of the other guys. There's a lot of guys. I mean, Golden Tate's going to be out there, but that's going to cost you a lot of money. And I think the Broncos are confident enough in Emmanuel Sanders that they're going to have him project to be their number one and then feel like they need to get a two-slash-three with Cortland Sutton blossoming. And, and I, we've all been hard on Cortland Sutton. One thing that's really important to me- remember, though, is that rookie receivers rarely bust out onto the scene and that's why it was a leap of faith last year and and we did it knowing very well that rookie receivers don't always bust on the scene but it was a leap of faith last year for us to hop on the Cortland Sutton bandwagon as hard as we did but we did and it burned us because we 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 should have known better than going after uh, or, or sorry talking about a rookie receiver so highly um and what happened was he had a, a rookie receiver-esque year so don't give up hope on Cortland being the answer as the second and potentially the future first receiver for this team. But I think if you were to get a John Brown, a John Ross, a Terry McLaurin, um, or, or an Andy Isabella, or one of those guys in the draft, I, would, I think you should feel good about the wide receivers going forward. All right, moving on here. Um, Sorry. From Bronco Duck. Got to say, if we don't go for QB in the first round, I'll be disappointed. However, trying to make lemonade out of lemons, Byron Murphy or Devin White would be immediate impact players in the defense. As a duck, it's hard for me to admit, but Murphy was one of the best corners I've seen in college. He's stellar, and I agree with you, Ryan. He really does have a Chris Harris feel to the way he plays. Just talked about that. Not sure how I'll get past the fact that he went to the garbage school up north. Easy. But as a, as a diehard Broncos fan, I'm sure he'll manage. White would be a freak for Fangio in this defense. That would be fun, too. Which of these two guys would you prefer? And I'm not going to say that last part. Sorry. Um, I go White. If it's just at 10, both guys are available, I go Devin White. I just think there's something to be said for having the dude in the middle of your defense. Just an absolute beast. Um, and, and remember, the, the guys in front make the linebackers better, and the linebackers make the defensive line and the secondary look better. So you can really, uh, you know, help all of your case. I just, I just think I know John Elway doesn't really believe this, but I think having the dude in the middle of the defense is really, really valuable, and maybe more valuable than he sees it. But to me, I love when you have that star linebacker who, you know, he's the one calling the plays, he's the one who everyone looks to, and and of course, Von Miller is going to be, you know, that guy for this defense in terms of who everyone looks to. But for the future, to have a guy like Devin White who just sets the tone on defense, I think is so, so valuable. Next one here from Tom3565. If they're not going to pick a quarterback and they all believe Flacco is the man, which I have doubts, what do they have to do to go all in free agents and draft pick for this team to be able to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs? They will need more speed on the, on the outside. We'll have to land a big-time tight end along with an inside linebacker. Will they bring in players uh, familiar with the Fangio system? So I think what the Broncos' plan is, just from listening to what I think their plan is, I think their plan is to bolster the defense. They think the way to beat 
Mahomes is with the defense, not with having this flashy quarterback going into a shootout with them and, and having Rams Chiefs esque games. Now they know that he's going to score, so they know they have to have an offense that's better than what they had last year. And and I think as we've talked about, they believe they've already improved it and plan to improve it more. But to me, I think the Broncos' plan to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs is just to have a fantastic defense. They want to do to the Chiefs what the Bears did to the Rams. And, you know, obviously that was in the cold weather, but still. I think that is their blueprint for how they're going to win this division is just to clamp down the Chiefs with by having the best defense in the division and, in, in, in their mind, potentially the best defense in the league so I think they do want more speed on the outside as we just talked about Um, they do want to get better at tight end John Elway you know said they've been trying to get better at tight end for years which is true Uh, and then they do need an inside linebacker Uh, but I think if they can get those pieces in place especially on the defensive side with corner and linebacker I think they believe they can clamp the uh, the Chiefs offense from H-Town Bronco for football comments, he, he listed some places um, uh, for food. That'll go into the list. And then he says, for football comments, I think Elway is going to take a throw of the dice on Brett Rippon in a mid-round pick. Heard they met with him at the Combine yesterday. Again, don't take too much from these meetings. But, yes, he's a guy that I could certainly see why they have interest in. From Pastor Rhett, I'd like to propose that we refer to our esteemed, esteemed OC as Rello. Uh, I kind of like Skangs better. but And that's what all of his friends call him. So, and, you know, guys that were there in, in San Francisco, they call him Skangs. So, kind of like Skangs. Anyways, he says, question. Hearing that Denver has talked with Bryce Loves, what are the odds that Denver uses any capital about the running at the running back position? Beyond that, why would we? For the food spreadsheet, I go to Boston Burger Company. I think we just we heard about that one. So, that's two votes for them. Running back. I, could, I can't see it. Um, now, here is one thing to keep in mind. Devontae Booker has been largely disappointing. And so maybe you're saying we need a third down back um, because obviously Phil's going to be your one. Um, Royce Freeman is more of your bruiser, who I think will mix in with Phil quite a bit. And then you got to have that guy that you throw in there in third down. But you're still getting Devontae Booker this next year at a very cheap price. So as maligned as he's been, it wouldn't make too much sense to move on from him unless you really feel like you have a you know a clear-cut upgrade there. So maybe late late in the the draft, they just see a guy who they believe has fallen too far, and they think he kind of fits this group well, and they go there. But I, I don't think they end up drafting a running back. And just like you said, you saw they met with them. Well, it doesn't always mean too much. From Drive86, hey, guys, no football-related comment, but a life comment. When you go to Five Guys, RK, have your burger wrapped in lettuce. I'm not on the keto diet, but I prefer the taste of the burger in lettuce wraps, and only one time was it too messy to pick up and eat. Keep up the good work, guys. I have to say this is my favorite Broncos pod, and you guys put all the other ones to shame. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. I did not know that Five Guys does that. I'm going to have to try that for sure. Next one comes in from Jake Chris. He says, just read a story about our barehanded mountain lion fighter. Turns out it was a three- to four-month-old baby and weighed 30 pounds. That's probably why he didn't have any real injuries. That is embarrassing and a couple people tweeted that at me after we we gave him credit right because he was right you know we we, he really did strangle the mountain lion to death but as it turns out 
it was hardly a mountain lion and more of a mountain kitten. I'm going to have to talk with this. We're going to have to reach back around to this when I when I'm with Zach tomorrow so we can make our official ruling on Mountain Lion Man. This has been quite the fluid situation. All right, next one here is from Hacksack. He says, "Whoa. What is the feasibility of this scenario? You have my attention." Oway trades back a couple of spots for a swap of first rounders, a second and a late round or whatever, then trades back again for a swap of first and another second round, gets to his first pick and again swaps rounds for another second. All of a sudden, you've got like three to four second round picks and a late first round pick. There's a bunch of holes in our team, as per Elway and Fangio, and this defensive class is deep. You're not getting your A-plus player, but getting a couple A-minus players to fill several different holes. Or is that stupid? I don't know how feasible it is. Like, I don't know how how many teams are just going to sit there and willingly trade back with the Broncos. That's what Elway always makes a point to say is, like, you can't just get unlimited uh, trade scenarios. You, it, it's a, it's hard work to find one trade to do it three times would be difficult. If you could do it, I see the, the logic there. Cause you're saying, okay, here we go. You know, we're going to fill four or five holes with all these second round picks, but I just don't know how easy it would be to make all those trades. All right. Well, where there are more questions here, but with, with Zach and I being back together tomorrow, we will get to all the rest of these. Uh, I don't want to keep boring you here on the podcast, and I want Zach to have a, a chance to chime in on a lot of these so we don't have to do them twice. Uh, but I appreciate you guys for listening today. If, you're, if your question didn't get read today, which I got to, I mean, uh, probably 25 of them, um, then we'll definitely get to it tomorrow. Uh, appreciate you guys for listening. Appreciate you for subscribing on the promo code Broncos, and we'll touch ba- base with you tomorrow back from Denver. Getting me down, waiting up for you. Cause I could have just as easily left by now. What makes me return is what I need you to do. Cause something you gave me just made me feel all mine. Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have 
referred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com.